Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. So I'm glad to see you. We um, started a short series last week called You're Invited. And so I want you to know that you're invited. Last week we talked about you're invited uh, to a greater commitment. We talked about Romans 12.1. What we're going to do this over these three weeks is walk through the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. Uh, this week we're talking about that you are invited, uh, and I want you to know that with all of my heart, that you are invited uh, to a bigger faith. And so this morning we're going to talk about faith. Uh, we're going to talk about it out of Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. So if you have your Bible, feel free to uh, to go there, and uh, you can follow along with us. We'll also have, obviously, the verses on the screen, um, but it's never a bad idea to carry your Bible with you, right? So if you haven't, feel free to open it up, um, but we're going to talk about uh, a bigger faith. Um, and I'm, you know, just because I need a bigger faith, I need some help this morning. And uh, so Kirsten Snary is going to come up and help me and help us with the sermon. I think I'm gonna to try to help her, actually, is what this is gonna look like. But uh, Kirsten is our, let's give her a hand as she comes up. She is uh, in charge of women's ministry here, and, and she heads up our small groups. She is a recent graduate from Phoenix Seminary. Uh, she's a super hard worker, a great friend, a great uh, member of our team. And so, Kirsten, thanks for being willing to do this. This morning, it's good. Can you hear me? Can you hear okay? Yeah. Is it okay? Uh, would you guys pray with me, though, before we start? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the privilege that we have to dig into your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword, that you use it to penetrate our hearts and our minds. You use it to tr transform us, to change us. And so, Lord, I ask that you would speak to us this morning through your word. I ask, Lord, that you would clear our minds, that you would open our hearts up, that we might receive from you this morning, because this is all for your glory. It's for your kingdom. And so, Lord, we submit it to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank well, you. Thank you. Well, so it was kind of funny when we started talking about doing this sermon. I was, at first I agreed, and then I got a little hesitant, and I started panicking a little bit, and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't have the gifts that Larry has. I'm not a preacher and a teacher the way he is, and I thought, I haven't even had a seminary-like class on how to preach a sermon, so, so what did I do? I went and found a, an eight-course, um, an eight-session course on preparing an expository sermon, and so I, I started looking at that. And then, um, then this week, we decided we're going to do something different, and we're going to streamline announcements. And so we did our announcements. I went out, did my little announcement, came back to the office, and then I heard, I heard Sherry giving her announcement. And I didn't hear what she said. I just heard the fun and the excitement and the enthusiasm. I'll give you a little example. I'm just going to give you an example of the two of us here. And then there's me. <laughs> so I started thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have those gifts that Sherry has. And then I was talking to Larry, and he was saying, you know, he was so kind and he was so gracious, but he said, why don't you not look at that 
course that you were looking at? He goes, why don't you just get familiar with the passage? Why don't you just look into that, and then we'll go from there. And I'm so thankful I did, because first of all, God's pretty funny about it, because this passage is all about in understanding your gifts and how God has gifted each of us differently. And we couldn't have a, a church full of Larry's or Sherry's, and, or Kirsten's for Thank that goodness. matter. So, <laughs> so it was kind of a fun reminder for me as I was going through this passage. So I hope that you're encouraged as we go through this passage as well to just understand what God is wanting to tell us this morning. So like Larry said, if you have your Bibles, turn with me, or if you have an app, you can turn to that. But we're going to be talking about um, reading Romans 12, 3 to 8. But first, he talked last week about becoming, and Paul was urging the Romans to uh, present their bodies as a living sacrifice. And so he, t- he covered verses 1 and 2. And so this is just kind of a, it's following up with that. And so he was saying, do, present all of yourself to the Lord. And so Paul is just kind of explaining what does that look like a little bit? How do we present all of ourselves to the Lord? So read with me, starting in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. If you had a Bible or an app, you would probably notice that those five verses start with a title. They have a title on them that says Gifts of Grace. And so Paul is basically just starting off saying, listen, it's I know it's by the grace of God that I'm even in this position that I can talk to you. And so he is starting off with a posture of humility as he then goes on to say that he wants us to have a, a posture of humility. He's saying, by the grace given to me, oops, that I have me. a microphone Sorry. there. By the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober, sober judgment. Um, humility should be the fundamental mindset of a Christian. That is um, a byproduct of our union with Christ is to have humility. And Jesus is the perfect example. If we're following Jesus, we are going to try to emulate him. And he was the perfect example of humility um, because though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. It emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So having Christ-like humility is to be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so Paul's basically just starting this off saying, please think like Christ. Think like Christ. Um, Let me, can I interject there? Sure. Um, so Kirsten's going to give you a perspective, and, and um, then I need to give you the guy's perspective because um, this is how we do it. We, uh, we see that take sober judgment, uh, you know, um, 
have sober judgment. And what, what I think Apostle Paul is saying is that we all know that we have weaknesses. Uh, we all know that we have shortcomings. Uh, but men have this um, capacity to try to make up for it in other ways. And so rather than just saying, here's my strengths, here's my weaknesses, here's who I am, um, we try to project some kind of image that we're you know, a knight in shining armor, that you're the lone ranger, that we're Superman, that we're something else, that we don't need other people, we don't need help. Uh, and, uh, and, and so rather than just being honest about who we are, uh, we try to project something that we're not and we so often get caught uh, between what we're trying to project and who the real person is uh, on the other side. And Paul is saying, don't do that, but take a good, honest, sober assessment, judgment of who you are. And, and what it boils down to is, do I trust Christ enough uh, to say, Lord, who you made me is enough. Who you made me is good enough that I don't need to pretend I'm better, I don't need to pretend I'm someone else, but who you made me is enough for me. And, and that's a little bit, for, from our perspective, that's a little bit of what he's trying to get at. Yeah, and you, I think it was last week that you gave the example of, or a good definition of humility. You said humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. And it's funny, because he says here, to not have too high of a judgment of yourself, and yet I do tend to find that people are on the opposite end. Often, they'll usually say, oh, I don't really have much to offer, or oh, I don't, I don't have any gifts that I can contribute. So it's a little bit of a um, self-deprecating view. But so I'm gonna give a little bit of a perspective from the woman's point of view, and um, so this is something that I have heard that's become kind of a popular idea mostly amongst um, celebrity Christian um, women, and whether it's an author or a speaker. And there's this idea of, I am enough, you are enough. And I loved that idea. At first I heard it and I thought, oh, that's so great because it's kind of offsetting and it's in response to how a lot of women compare or have insecurities, and so I thought, that's so good to say, you are enough, I am enough. And yet, when I look at scripture, I realize that's, that's maybe not accurate, that maybe not the best comfort for me, because I am not enough. I am not righteous enough. Romans says, no one is righteous, no, not one. I am not good enough, I am not, in, I am not complete, and I have inadequacies, but, that's okay, because Jesus is enough. And so I can find my completeness in him. I can be sufficient because of him, not because of anything I've done, but because of what he has done for me on the cross. And so I, I feel like that's just a little bit of a difference because I want to say I'm enough, but not just in my own good. I am enough because of what Christ did for me. And so I think that's just a, um, perspective that I think we might need to be aware of. Um, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, my grace is sufficient for you. And so in that, we can say my powers, and he says my power is made perfect in weakness. So we can boast of our weaknesses when we know that it's because of Christ that we can be confident in who he has made us to be. And so I do believe that in that, that verse, in verse 3, when he's saying have a proper or have a sober judgment of yourself, the more we can understand the gospel, the good news of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us, the better I can have 
a sober ju judgment of myself. I'm not going to be have too high of a view of myself, and I'm not going to have too low of a view of myself. Um, I'm going to have confidence in who I am in Christ. Then he goes on and says, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So this implies that God is the one who has assigned our faith. Our faith we can't even take credit for. We can't say, I have a bigger faith than you. We can't say that. God is the one that has given us our faith, and yet faith is like a muscle. So the more I trust God, the more I trust him with little things, the smallest things, the more he increases my faith, because Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And in Hebrews, he says um, that we, as we lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and run with endurance the race set before us as we seek after Jesus, then we acknowledge that this measure of faith is something he is working on. He is perfecting in us. Um, so Paul's just basically saying in this verse, any amount of faith we have is a gift from God too. Mm. Um, then verses 4 and 5 say, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Paul loves to use the imagery, the example of the human body, how we have different parts of our body, but it's the same body and we all, we can't, you can't have a brain and independent of the rest of the body. You can't have a heart independent of the rest of the body. We need all members of our bodies. But he's saying the same thing to us. He's saying, if you are in Christ, we need all of you. We need every single one of you to do the work of the, of the body. We can't have all Larry's. We can't have all Sherry's. We need everybody. And so he's saying um, that we may have different functions. We may have different gifts and abilities. But they're all there for the same purpose. So God has diversity in what he gives us, but he has unity and equality in the purpose. So we all are for the purpose of the kingdom. We are all supposed to be kingdom-minded. And I think we underestimate that sometimes because um, uh, we, we think we're such an insignificant part of God's uh, body, and, and yet we don't appreciate the fact that uh, God has created you and created me for something special. And, and nobody else is going to do what God's made me to do. Uh, and if you're not uh, allowing God to use you and use your gifts and your strengths, then there's something that God wants to do that's not going to get done um, because he's created you to be part uh, of this. And, and, and I always think, you know, about um, the, the parts of the body, you know, that we, how we support each other and, and care for each other, and there's no insignificant parts of the body. Um, I had my left shoulder completely replaced. And uh, for five years before I had that finally done, because I'm, you know, a knucklehead, um, I slept with a pillow under my shoulder uh, because it hurt so much. And um, he, the thing I was always struck me was that it was just my shoulder, my left shoulder uh, was in pain, but because it was part of my body, the rest of my body would stay awake at night to keep it company. And because it all functions together. Um, and you know that stress uh, in our bodies operates that way, that every part of our body goes to that point of stress to, to try to help, and, and we're all connected, and so there's no such thing as an insignificant part of our body, and so you can't, uh, to, to say that to yourself is, is to speak 
you know, the way the enemy would want you to speak and not the way God created you. So. Yeah. Well, we have a little video that we would like to show that really just shows a beautiful example of um, illustrating the importance of gifts, even to one who may think that her gift is insignificant. And so I just wanted you to, sh to take a look at this video. I love that. Um, it's funny, when I think about the gifts that everybody has, and even just thinking about the body of Christ here at North, I get overwhelmed because it takes so many people and so many gifts and varieties of gifts to even have North Bible Church. And I think about whether you're holding a baby or mentoring someone who's a stage behind you or teaching Jesus to two-year-olds or putting flags out or making coffee or cleaning the church or doing sound. Like, there are so many people that use their gifts, and it's, it's remarkable to see that. Um, so let's look at verses 6 to 8. It says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So he starts with saying having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Again, this is just an, a reminder that each of our gifts are a gift and they are given to us by God. And then as we trust him, as we um, put our faith in him. He does grow our faith and gives us more gifts. Um, and then he goes on to talk about some of those gifts for the body of Christ. He says, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. And that's not a word that we use a lot, and so I was going to have Larry talk about this one. <laughs> well, and let me just say, too, that, that, um, that you don't read, there's, this is an exhaustive, is not an yeah. exhaustive list of gifts um, that that there are so many gifts and, and all through you know, Paul's writing, he gives us different lists. And I think if you t totaled up all of the gifts that he mentions, there are about 18. And that's not an exhaustive list. That's not his intention. His intention is to remind us that God has built us to serve him, uh, that God's built us to use his gifts. And, and consequently, if I were to be able to speak to Paul today, I would remind him that the, uh, the gift of repetition should count. It should be in there somewhere <laughs> because that's one of mine, um, primary gifts, I think. But uh, the gift of prophecy is sort of interesting. It, it, people get nervous about th this idea. But in the Old Testament, there, was a, there were prophets, right? And, uh, you know, and you guys know about Isaiah and Jeremiah and you know, different prophets that God used to speak to his people. And then we, we get to the New Testament and, and there's still this uh, idea going that, that a prophecy is an offering of guidance. It's an offering of God speaking to his people uh, for guidance either through his spirit or through his word, and that God still chooses to, uh, to speak to us. And so if you, you know, if you struggle with the prophecy, you can call it whatever you want, but it's, it's still the idea that God is speaking to his people. And, and, and so I had this, I had this moment where um, for about a week, this family that used to come to North, and now they live in St. Louis, that uh, they moved for a job, and, and they just, he just, the, the, the husband just kept coming to my mind. I didn't know why, and so I was praying for them, and I prayed for him for a whole week, and then finally one night, I just texted him and said, hey, um, I, I don't know why, but I've been praying for you guys for a week now, um, so tell me why I'm praying for you. 
and I immediately get a text back from him saying that uh, they had been on vacation, he got back uh, to his office and there's a contract for a new role, new job, and they're trying to figure out you know, their future and what do I think, and, and, and I just said, look, this is a gift from the Lord, you know, and I tried to give him some counsel, but, uh, but I think that God puts things on our hearts and, and, and we need to grow sometimes in just our willingness to trust God's spirit in us uh, that he's speaking to us, and, and um, <laughs> so it was one of those moments that I thought, I have no idea why I'm praying for him, but I know the Lord is, is asking me, is p- pressing me to, to keep these guys in prayer, and I need to be faithful to that. The one thing I will say about prophecy, because it gets misused, uh, people will say, I've got a word from the Lord for you, I got this for you, and so it gets a bad rap, but anytime anybody talks to you about, you know, here's what God is saying, it has to line up with scripture. It, it's got to be to- totally lined up with scripture. Uh, it's gotta honor Christ first, uh, and then about you. If somebody gives you something, you can't line it up with scripture, then, don't, then stay away from it. Uh, if somebody says something to you and it's about you uh, and, and not about God in your life, not about what God is doing, then stay away from it. But God uses people in our lives like that, and God uses his word uh, to speak to us. And I've said to, uh, here at North that if, if, you, if you want God to speak to you, start reading your Bible because he gave us his word, uh, and that's the first place that, uh, that he speaks to us. Yes. And I've, I've noticed, too, if you feel, if you get a sense from the Holy Spirit, something like that, like where you called your friend, I, I tend to, I would never say, this is what God says for you. I wouldn't say that, but I might say, I'm sensing from the Lord, or I'm sensing from the Holy Spirit something, and so then that person can go to scripture and test it to see if it's true. Um, so then in service, in our serving, and this is one, it's funny, no one gets off the hook on serving, and so even all of these other gifts that you may have, if you're using, say, the gift of prophecy or gift of exhorting or gift of contributing, you are still serving. So any gift we use is service, and it's funny, I have heard, I know this is terrible, but I've heard people say, you know what, I don't have the gift of service, so I don't need a stack chairs. That's not what this means. <laughs> I think everybody is, is called to serve if you are in the body of Christ. You know, uh, the, literally this word serving means, uh, in the Greek it means waiting on tables. And who can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. So Kirsten's absolutely right that nobody's off the hook on this. But there are people that just have this gift of serving that they just seem to know the right time, the right place, the right way to, to come behind people, to, to care for them, to serve them. And, and so even though we're all called to be servants, um, there are people that just, you just can see, uh, you, you can sense that uh, in, in their lives that that's really a gift that God's given them. Yeah. The one who teaches and is teaching, um, and I think you were saying, I think this is interesting how teaching came in After this serving. order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, and Paul's intentional about that. Like, teaching isn't the utmost, you know, the utmost gift. It is in there, and it's one of them, but it's not the most important gift. It's one of these gifts that some people have been gifted with teaching, so use it. Um, and then the one who exhorts in his exhortation I love this word exhort, but it's not really one that I use in my everyday world. You know, it's a biblical word. I don't say, oh, thank you for your, you're such a good exhorter. I don't say that, but exhortion, <laughs> exhorting is um, encouragement. It really is to give courage. It's to, uh, and we all need 
someone with the gift of exhortation in our life because they're the ones that will push us, that will help us, that will encourage us, and then will help us be better, will push us in our faith. So I think Paul uses this word exhortation because it has this idea of to give courage to. Um, it's got this idea that, that it's someone saying to you, I know you can do this, mm -hmm. that God's called you to it, that he's given you the gifts to do it, and I know that you can do it. And sometimes we need people in our lives who believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. Uh, who see the gifts in God, that God has given us clearer than we do, and the gift of exhortation would be they're saying, I know you can do this, I know God's gifted you to do this, go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then the one who contributes in generosity, and I think sometimes people might misunderstand this. They think contributing, is that really a gift? Well, yes it is, because think about, you may have the ability to contribute to things that other people can't. Some people, and this is not just money, it's time, it's money, it's um, talent, but you say that you don't have the time to help with a project or to go on a retreat or to help with babies and moths or whatever, but you may have the ability to say, pay for a scholarship for a student or for someone to go to a retreat or to pay for some childcare for moths. You may have that ability. And sometimes when we're in the position where we think, oh, I just have to contribute all the time, it can be done grudgingly, and this is just saying, listen, if you have the ability and if you've been gifted, just do it cheerfully. Just do it with a good heart. Um, and then the one who leads with zeal. And this, this word here is the same one that Paul uses in 1 Timothy when he's giving the qualifications of a pastor elder, and he's saying he should manage his household well, and he's saying he needs to lead with diligence and love. He needs to lead well, and often, as a leader, you don't have as much accountability. So he's saying, just do this. Don't be that harsh leader. Be a leader with diligence, with love. Be a good leader. Hmm. And then the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And acts of mercy, he's referring to um, caring for those in need, such as the sick and the poor, the elderly, the widows and orphans. And so as believers, as followers of Christ, we're all called to show mercy. But again, same with the serving, the Holy Spirit can gift some people with a bigger gift of mercy, of showing mercy, of working with people. And the neat thing is sometimes that can be a burdensome job. If you're, if you're always helping people in need, that's a great gift, but it can be burdensome. And he's saying, do this with cheerfulness. So even though you've been called or the Holy Spirit's gifted you with this, do it with cheerfulness. I was, um, got a phone call one day uh, at the church here and, and somebody called me and it was an elderly couple and, and the husband was in the ER and, and she said, I don't think he's gonna make it. They're saying maybe there's hours uh, to live and could you get over here? And so I you know, jumped out uh, and jumped up and ran to my car and as soon as I got the car, started and running i called jenna my wife jenna and i said i need you at the i need you at the hospital now with me mm -hmm. because she has the gift of mercy and i thought this, this is like me i'm going into battle i need the cavalry right mm -hmm. i need to call jenna because she just knows what to say she knows how to treat people she she's present in the moment she's got this gift 
with people that are in, in need and, and mercy has so much to do with helping the helpless. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just know when I'm going into those situations, you know, I've got to talk myself out of trying to fix something and, and I've got to ask the Lord to give me this grace to just be present in the moment mm-hmm. and she just naturally flows into what is needed, how to encourage, how to support, how to care, how to serve those people and it's a real gift and it's remarkable you know, for me, and I just make sure if I'm going into a situation like that, I never go without her. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I can help it, I always want her there because that's her using her, her gifts. Mm-hmm. So we are invited into this bigger faith. Um, every one of us who's a follower of Christ has been given gifts, and like we said, there is diversity there, but there is unity and equality in the purpose there. And I believe that we can only truly recognize that when we are understanding the gospel, when we are understanding what Christ has done for us, because it is a grace. It, it is a grace, it's a gift given to us that we don't deserve. Um, and that when we do step out in faith and we do try something new, I think God increases that faith. And sometimes we don't know what our gifts are, and that's where we just have that faith to just step out and say, you know what, I'm gonna try this. and then try this and you never know what how God is going to use that just like I think you had an example of Moses oh yeah. well Mo- Moses is a great example if you go to Exodus 3 and you you know God uh, speaks to Moses from the burning bush and says here I want you to you know go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell, tell Pharaoh to let my people go and and you know read the story that Moses tries to back out so many times he tries to tell God I'm not a good speaker I I can't do this by myself that I'm a wanted man in Egypt and on and on and on and and every time God just speaks to him saying I'm the one that's calling you I'm the one that's gifting you I'm the one that's leading you the the goal the isn't to, the goal isn't for you to have all this your stuff together the goal is for you to be obedient to me for you to trust me to have faith in in who I am and so Moses steps out in faith uh, because of who God was not because he felt like he was prepared or gifted or ready and so the question that we have to ask ourselves today isn't uh, is isn't do I have the gifts Uh, the question we have to ask ourselves this morning is do I have the faith to trust Christ for what he wants me to do that's the big question that we really have to wrestle with it's more about faith Uh, than it even is about our gifts. And I think too, it just gives you a confidence just knowing that it is a gift Mm -hmm. and that our faith is a gift. But I think that sometimes, just like that, the first verse that we were talking about in chapter, verse three, we, we can't be puffed up, but we can never think too lowly of this. We have to have the confidence knowing that Christ has given us these gifts and, um, and they're to be used for the kingdom. You know, all, all week I've been thinking about um, John 13, mm-hmm. and if you if you wanna, you ever anybody uh, work with Cox? You know, Cox Telecommunications, right? And uh, what do they always try to sell you? They try to bundle, mm-hmm. uh, right? They want you to buy a bundle, right? And oh, sorry, Mr. Anderson, I can't help you because of your bundle. You know, okay, okay, whatever. So, but if you ever wanted to see all of the gifts bundled in one person, read John 13 and look at the life of Jesus. Uh, So think about this story for a quick second, that it's on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus found this place, he took his disciples to an upper room, Uh, they're gonna have a meal together, Uh, he's gonna explain to them one more time uh, that this is the night, this is the time that he's gonna be betrayed, he's gonna be uh, betrayed, beaten, 
uh, crucified. All of this needs to happen uh, so that the resurrection can take place, so that we can have uh, eternal life in Christ, so that we can be forgiven of our sins. All of this has taken place. Uh, he's going to go to the garden. He's going to have that prayer. All, Jesus knows all of this is about to happen. And still, he goes to the upper room. His disciples are arguing and bickering about who's going to be first in his kingdom when he overthrows the Romans. They still don't get it. They still haven't paid enough attention. They still don't have enough faith. And what does Jesus do? He gets a basin of water and a towel. He wraps his cloak around him and uh, in and he washes the feet of his disciples because they were too proud, uh, too competitive as they came in. Uh, washing feet was, you know, there's no paved streets where they are. Uh, it's all dirt. Uh, they're too proud to wash their own feet because there's no servant there to do it for them. Jesus stoops down and he washes the feet of his disciples. And I think about, uh, if I think, I think about leadership and, and the fact that he, he knew what was happening and he set up this whole uh, Last Supper with his disciples. He was preparing them for what was gonna come. The, the gift of mercy that in spite of their selfishness, in spite of their self-centeredness, and in spite of all of that, he, he had mercy on them. He still washed their feet. He still finished uh, well. It, it says in the beginning of, of John 13 that he loved them to the very end that he never stopped loving them. Uh, so you look at his compassion, you look at his encouragement, uh, how he taught them. What did he say to them? He said, you've seen what I've done, now go and do the same. And so if you want a picture of, of these gifts, and it's interesting that, that Romans was written before uh, the Gospel of John was recorded for us. And, and so Paul has this list, but it's embodied in Jesus. And so uh, all of these things uh, matter uh, because it's the life of Jesus. And w what's our goal? Our goal is to be transformed in the likeness of Christ. You know, it did, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that we might look like Jesus. That's the goal, and that's what he's equipping us to do, and he gives us the picture of what that looks like. All right, well, would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this picture. Thank you for the way that you have used um, just even the example of the body and how we have so many parts to be the picture of what we are to look like as the body of Christ. Help us to recognize, help us to have a sober judgment, a right idea, a right judgment of what we are to look at. Give us a bigger faith as we step out and we trust you more. I pray that you would um, equip each person here to seek after you, to run after you, to um, try to be more like you, to have the mindset of you so that they can be better equipped to be um, the hands and feet of you in this, in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor. our prayer partners over here after the service and if you would like us to pray for anything for you or with you or praise 
with you, um, we would love for you to write that down. We also have the table in the back, and we start those first thing Monday morning. We'd love to pray for you. And if you have an answer to prayer, we'd love to know that too. My prayer for you this week and my encouragement to you this week is that you would have the faith to trust what God says about you, to know that he has given you gifts, that he wants to use you in the body, that your gifts are valuable and important and, and, and you are needed. And so and you may be thinking, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And if you, you might be saying, you know what, I have a body, but I don't know what you're talking about, me being a part of another body. And maybe you haven't put your faith in Christ yet. And if you haven't, we'd love to talk to you about that too. So come see me, see one of the people on staff here. And, um, and then just know that I am so grateful for you and I thank you because we need all of you. So I love to serve alongside you. And so thank you for all that you do. Um, have a great week, you guys. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.